Welcome to episode 71 of Shimmy Cast, the podcast for dancers and fans of Middle Eastern dance. I'm your host, Anala Rabari. This week we have event announcements, the question of the week, uh, a DVD review, introduction to Balinesian with Sonia, and a CD review, Being in Rhythm, by Lane Redman. This week's music is from Mario Afonso III, a.k.a. MA3 and Nayez. Let's get started. What's your favorite prop? Jingle Oriental Dancer posted, I'm a baby belly dancer and just recently have been introduced to the cane and veil by my dance instructor and troop leader. She did a wonderful Rox Asia workshop on Egyptian folkloric cane dance. It was a two-day workshop and I enjoyed it. So from there I was intrigued. Now that we are getting ready for Rakesha performance, we are also now working with a veil. I fell in love with the veil. Do you use a dance name? Again, Jingle Oriental Dancer posted, no dance name just yet, but I have thought of my first name. Alora and my maiden name, Iala, which is a Filipino last name, and I remembered my Filipino grandfather telling me, um, we are not Asian, we are Oriental. So I wanted to honor him by using my maiden name. I am mostly Native American, though, and I know names are a symbol of yourself or inner self or what you stand for, but I also want to make sure that my last name does not translate into something derogatory either. Yeah, it it can be tricky when you're trying to um, pick out dance names because um, you don't want to end up in that derogatory thing. Um, I think it's interesting. Not everybody um, picks out two names for their dance name. You know, so many people just have one name. And um, that was one thing when I was picking out my own that I was trying to decide, well, do I want to do one name or two, and finally for me it came down to the fact that I actually um, wanted my name to mean a certain phrase, and in order to get that phrase, I had to go with two words. Um, I also think it has the advantage of a lot of times there are a number of girls who pick the same dance name. Um, for whatever reason, and how do you know one Delilah from another? And I, I specifically said Delilah because my one of my best friends and one of my fellow instructors in my troupe, um, she picked the dance name Delilah. Well, actually, her husband picked it for her, and um, and it's cute. It fits her very well, but there are a lot of Delilahs out there, so. Um, yeah, if you if you're kind of like me and it's it's important to stand out and be a little bit unique, then it probably is to your benefit to go with a dance name that is like a first and a last name or at least two names like hyphenated or something like that. And now your shimmy cast news. 
July 1st, Unraveling Arabic Music Rhythm and Musicality Evening Workshop with Shehena in Glen Ellen, Illinois. July 4th through 5th, Sony of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in Mexico. July 5th through the 13th, Folk Tours presents the 5th Annual Festival Alaturka in Istanbul, Turkey. July 10th through 11th, Kira's Oasis presents Lila Gamal in Friday Night Performance and Saturday Workshop in Centerville, Ohio. July 11th, Henna Party, Daytime Mindy Workshop and Party with Shahena in Glen Ellen, Illinois. July 11th through 12th, Ansunia Certification, Gypsy Sugar Choreography, plus special guest drummer Ozzy in Osaka, Japan. July 12th, Fat Chance Belly Dance in Tribal Pura Show in Orlando, Florida. And July 15th, Fat Chance Belly Dance in Tribal Nights Origins in uh, San Francisco, California. July 15th, Transitions Evening Workshop with Shahena in Glenelan, Illinois. July 17th through 18th, Amani Jabril presents Meow, That's Hot, with workshops and gala show featuring Linda, Yasmin, and Amani Jabral in Atlanta, Georgia. July 18th, Mirage Trio presents Kasara in workshop at Studio 24-7 in Frederick, Maryland. July 18th, Bedouin Star Bazaar and World Dance Day in Bellevue, Nebraska. July 18th through 19th, Karinza Bent Asya presents Lila Jamal in workshop and evening show in Muncie, Indiana. July 19th, Mirage Trio presents Ali of Nomadic Tribal in workshop and at Studio 24-7 in Frederick, Maryland. July 21st through the 27th, Chicago Shimmy Fest with Jasmine Jahal in Chicago, Illinois. July 22nd, Turning and Traveling, Making Use of the Stage, Evening Workshop with Shahina in Glen Ellen, Illinois. July 23rd through the 26th, Little Egypt presents Ahlan Cairo Nights with Adia Noor, Lebna Iman, Ashaham, and Dr. Mo Gedwa in Dallas, Texas. July 24th through the 25th, Shimmy Fest with Shauna in Fayetteville, Arkansas. July 24th through the 26th, Fat Chance Belly Dance has a Tribal Pro Workshop and Show in Mexico. July 25th, Laurel Victory, um, Laurel Victoria Gray in Springfield, Illinois in a Bollywood Workshop. July 26th, the music of M. Kotham with Nessa in St. Louis, Missouri. July 29th, Intermediate to Advanced Veil Work, Evening Workshop with Shehena in Glen Ellen, Illinois. July 31st through August 5th, the SF Mecca Immersion with Workshops and Shows and more in San Francisco, California. This has been the ShimmyCast News for this week, and as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our forum board. This week's first review is Introduction to Belinesian with Sonia, reviewed by Anala Rabari. This DVD explains root connections, similarities, differences, and then shows how to combine them between Polynesian and belly dance. 
It is intended for dancers interested in expanding their movement vocabulary or infusing their dance with Polynesian style. During the warm-up, Sonia does a great job of reminding you about correct posture, carriage, and body position to prevent injury and to obtain maximum strengthening and stretching of muscles. The Balinesian techniques that she covers are tamo, hip swings, hip bumps, tuck pop, piston, hip, piston hips, lockdown, shimmy vibration, fa'arapu, ame, fa'atare, and then um, six Balinesian combinations. Combination one is shimmy with slides, hip bumps, tamu, hip bumps, tamu, ferrapu. Combination two is hip bumps, ferrapu, tamu, hip bumps with a tuck and a pop. Combination three is varu, maya, piston hips, hip bumps, tamu, hip bumps, tamu. Combination four is a hula, an ame, piston hips, hip bumps, tamu, hip bumps, tamu, hip bumps, tamu, with arm variations. Combination five is a maya, piston hips, fa'arapu, fa'ataru, and fa'arapu with a twist. And then combination six is a maya, piston hips, fa'arapu, ame, hip tuck, excuse me, pop, tuck, ami, and a pose. This DVD offers two cool-down choices. Both options include the same cool-down routines while one is done in a studio and the other on a beach shore. Two Belanesian performances are included in this program. One is Sonia at a beautiful Tahitian landscape, and the second is Sonia performing in a studio setting to live drummers. The credits include all the information for the music used, and it all comes from the same CD. There's a documentary in Tahiti with Sonia, which follows Sonia's adventures in Tahiti through the classes she takes, the classes she teaches, the performances she gives, the shopping she does, and an exchange of technique one-on-one -on -one with a Tahitian dancer. Other special features include an interview with Lorenzo Schmidt, the choreographer of Le Grand Ballet, and the interview is conducted by Miles Copeland, Sonia's Tahitian slideshow, and the also available by Belly Dance Superstars and the Belly Dance Superstar store. Throughout the program, the music is very relaxing. Sonia does a great job of pronouncing all the movements so you can learn the names of the moves. Production quality is professional with excellent lighting and picture quality. Like so many of the Billy Dance Superstar videos, Sonia is standing facing a mirror with the camera behind her. I was disappointed that all the techniques were covered in 12 minutes without a lot of repetition, and I felt she sped the movements up too soon. Overall, I just felt it was too short of a period of time to cover technique. I was also disappointed that the combination section was only 8 minutes. The second combo is done twice at speed once with Sonia saying the names of the moves, and the second time just dancing. 
even though I was disappointed in the link, on the second and third viewing of the video, I did start to become more proficient with the movements. So I began enjoying myself more. On the whole, this DVD is really great if you're looking to spice up your movement vocabulary with some Polynesian influence. This week's first song is Ish, Love and the Veil by Nayez from the album Nine Heavens, provided by Iota Promonet.
This week's second review is Being in Rhythm, a guided meditation by Lane Redman. This 42-minute CD is broken into two parts. The first part comprises nine tracks of guided walking meditation through the seven chakras of the mind and body. And the second part is a self-guided meditation with only the music. The liner notes are a 15-page booklet that includes information on the importance of rhythm to people. An introduction to the concept of chakras is given, and then an explanation if each of the seven chakras is included. A diagram of the chakras for the whole body is included, as well as the individual symbols of each chakra. My only complaint about the liner notes is that the individual symbols are not shown in the full color form, although written descriptions are given. The 22-minute guided meditation uses music created with traditional instruments such as frame drums, bells, chimes, tambourines, and Tibetan singing bowls. At times, I felt the guided meditation was a little too hectic for me to really relax and get into meditating because you had the music and two voice tracks by Lane, one of her counting the beats and one of her giving you the meditation instructions. It would have been easier for me to meditate without the counting. She uses proper names of the muscles, which might distract some users if they are unaware of the proper names and where those muscles might be located. However, after listening several times, you get used to the different sections and are able to get into the flow of the meditation, and the nine tracks flow seamlessly into one another. The second part of the CD is 22 minutes of music to be used for self-guided meditation. For those who have never meditated before, it can be difficult to achieve 22 minutes of meditation on one's own. This music is like the music used in the previous portion of the CD, featuring the use of Tibetan singing bowls and frame drums. If you are new to meditating, be patient with yourself and don't feel pressured to do all 22 minutes from the beginning. Personally, I found Lane Redmond's music to be very relaxing and easy to meditate with. Emails and feedback. Um, just a reminder, if you have comments, suggestions, or feedback, send an email to shimmycast at gmail.com. Post on the forum board at shimmycast.blogspot.com. And um, be sure to leave reviews on iTunes. instead of an article or anything, um, I thought I would just give you, you you all an update on what's going on with ShimmyCast. Um, I know it's been a while since I um, published the last episode, a lot longer than I intended, um, and I just, I had a lot of things getting in the way. Um, I was taking trips for work, and then I got sick, and then... Um, I had a, a, a friend uh, whose death I've been dealing with, and um, then the other thing that really caused a lot of problems is um, I got video of my troop performing, and I wanted to put it on the podcast feed, um, but it's really hard to get performance videos in iTunes because of the copyright. And, you know, I post all of my podcast episodes in iTunes. So what I ended up having to do was I've started a YouTube channel for ShimmyCast. 
And the YouTube channel is ShimmyCast, which is all one word, with a capital S and a capital C. And I will be using it to post some performance videos. Um, in the future, I think there are some songs that I will be able to... Um, it, it will be okay to post performance videos to certain music. And so I'll be trying to do that, use more of that kind of music so I can post performance pieces on the regular podcast feed. Um, but until then, you know, at least I can share things with you guys through YouTube. And um, things like the tutorials that I've done in the past and those type of things, I will also be adding those to uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, let's see what else. I've started Twittering. I um, You can find me on Twitter.com, Anala Rabari, all one word, capital A, capital R. Um, I'm also now on Facebook as Anala Rabari, and I've started a Fans of ShimmyCast group on Facebook if you'd like to join it. And then um, I'm looking for new staff members to join ShimmyCast. Um I, it, it's the making the show is really a labor of love, and I love doing it. But I could really use help. So, if any of you out there want to write, you know, product reviews, workshop reviews, if you want to write articles, um, even if it's just some funny experience that you've had with some performance, share those things. Because, you know, you never know, somebody might need a humorous story to pick them up. And your story can make a difference in their day and make them have a better day. Um, I've also been thinking a lot as far as the show, um, if I should change the format. Um, since I'm having a hard time finding the time to record a full-length show... Um, I, I want your guys' feedback on if you like this idea or not. Um, but I thought about the possibility, and, you know, most of the time the show is around 45 minutes. And I thought instead of doing a 45-minute show, maybe what I just need to do is record one review and then publish it. Uh, record an article and then publish it. You know, and that kind of thing. So instead of getting a long 45-minute show once a month or once every two months or so, um, you might get more like a 5- to 10-minute show every week or every two weeks, you know, depending on what my recording schedule is like. So I'd really like to hear your feedback on that if you'd like a shorter content quickly or if you want longer content um, over a longer period of time. Uh, let's see what else is going on since I last talked to you. I got to take a fabulous workshop with Tempest in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and it was just so wonderful. If none of you have seen her dance in person go, find the nearest location that she is performing around you, and go. 
<laughs> I had seen video of her performing, and I was like, yeah, it's it's nice, but it really didn't speak to me. But then when I saw her perform in person, I was just like, oh my gosh, I fell in love with her and her performance capabilities. And the one thing that I really love about her I am, like, a huge fan of the Art Deco style, and there are times in her performance watching her, I swear it looks like an Art Deco painting or sculpture coming to life and dancing, and I just, that really resonated with me and really caught my attention because that is a particular artistic style that I just have a huge affinity for and I love it love it love it love it love it and that artwork speaks to me and to be in that experience where I feel like I'm seeing that type of artwork come to life and dance in front of me uh it was just it was awe-inspiring I loved it so get out and go see Tempest aside from that fabulous instructor Oh my gosh, she's so fabulous. She had such great illustrative qualities, and she was so nice and down-to-earth, and she was so funny because it was one of those things where she just asks you to do kind of off-the-wall things, and I'm not going to tell you what because you should go to her workshop and experience it for yourself um but sometimes she'll ask you to do things that you think this is ridiculous why is she asking me to do this just go with it trust her she knows what she's talking about it works and you'll have a lot of fun with nothing else and uh when we broke for lunch it was very nice because she came out to lunch with us and um sat and talked to us about things, um, about herself and her travels, and, um, she asked us about ourselves, and it was just a really nice down-to-earth conversation, and I'm hoping when she gets done with her tour, um, I'll be able to set up a phone interview with her, and that'll be exciting and fun, and, um, it was just a really lovely workshop because I think there was maybe like 10 or 15 of us there too. So, you know, we really felt like we were getting individual attention from her as well. And that was really nice and very special. And then what else has been going on? I'm currently working on choreographing an advanced piece for my troupe. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's a comedy piece to... Um, the song sisters are doing it for themselves. Um, but the version is a version that was used in the TV show Xena Warrior Princess. So um, I'm having a lot of fun trying to choreograph this this fun, quirky comedy piece. And I think I'm going to try to um, get some video footage of myself um, during the choreography process and show you guys um, just what my choreography process looks like and everything. Because I know some of you are getting to the point in your dance journeys where you're like, oh, I think I want to choreograph, but I'm not sure what to do. 
So maybe if you see somebody else's choreography process, it might help you. And then, um, lots of summer performances are going on with our troupe. Um, we had a really funny performance at, uh, the Rogers International Festival. It's the next town over from where we're based. And, um, unbeknownst to us, they set the stage up more as a runway, like a fashion show runway, because they were having a fashion show later in the day. And, um, let me tell you guys, if you have never tried to dance on a stage shaped as a runway, it's not easy. Not easy at all, especially when you have, like, eight girls, eight or nine girls. Very difficult. Um, if you'd like to see video of that, uh, my troupe has a YouTube channel as well. And, um... That channel is Mayura Nawal, M-E-I-R-A-N-A-W-A-L. The M and the N are capitalized. Um, so you can see some of those things. And um, oh, it's so irritating, too, because um, in the middle of our second song, we had a problem because the stereo system started cutting out at the end, and, um, it threw a lot of us off, so the ending wasn't all together when we were doing this drum solo routine. It was really upsetting, because it, we're always so tight, and just so always together, that it, watching the video, it's like, ah, oh, dang, the one time we worked together, and it's on video. And then, um, the last song, which was the new one, um, I'm irritated with myself personally because I ended up being on the edge of the stage and, um, we're, we're, we start out in the routine, it's called Golden Lotus and it's kind of inspired by the lotus flower. So we start out kind of all clumped up together on the back corner of the stage and, um, because this particular stage was set up as a uh, runway and it was also like mm, probably five feet off the ground I and then it starts out we all kind of spin out of the blossom and then turn around and travel in one direction and during my spin I actually almost fell off this change because I was on the very edge and it so distracted me that um I totally got off and was, like, doing the opposite move from everybody else until I calmed down and came back to my senses. And then it was like, ah, yeah, crap. Okay. And I just had to stop and get back together with everybody else. But um, it, it's just really annoying when you practice so hard and in practices. You have everything down and you're so together. And then you get into the performance situation and something like, the shape and dimensions of the stage totally throw you off. And, um, yeah, it's just not fun. And then what else? Uh, let's see. Oh, yes, I danced at a wedding this past weekend. Um, it was a very interesting wedding. 
Um, we're in August. It's July. And this venue had no air conditioning. We were all miserable. <laughs> so miserable. And then the other thing that was really weird was that the plans kept changing um, so often. And the they were really lucky we were available because they contacted us kind of late. They They only contacted us like a week before the wedding. So they contacted us on a Friday. We set up a meeting on Monday. And... At that meeting, we were told that we were going to be doing 45 minutes of dancing, and it was going to be between the ceremony and the reception while the wedding party was... We were supposed to be the entertainment while the wedding party was finishing getting their pictures taken. And we thought, oh, what a neat idea to have entertainment for the guests while they're waiting for you to, you know, the bridal party to get done taking their pictures. Great, fine, no problem. Wednesday rolls around. We've changed our mind. We want you to do 30 minutes before the bridal, you know, while the bridal party is getting their pictures taken. And then we want you to do 15 minutes after the bride and groom get there because the bride wants to see you perform. They want to see you perform. So we're like, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. It's fine. You know, totally understand, because, you know, if there was something as cool as belly dancers at my wedding reception, I'd want to see them, too. So, then, Saturday rolls around, and we're supposed to be there at 8.20. We get a phone call at about 6.20. No, no, we're going to change that. We don't. No, we were supposed to be there at 8.15 and start performing at 8.30. And then they called us about 6.20 and said, no, 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 we don't want you there until 8.45 and you'll start performing at 9. And so we're like, okay, well, how does this affect where we're dancing because we were supposed to dance in one room and then move into another room and um, depending on when the bridal party got there and everything. So there was this flurry of phone calls and we were supposed to do like a 20 to 30 minute set and then a 15 minute set. And then after this flurry of phone calls, um, it ended up we were supposed to do... Um, like three 15-minute sets. And it would be like we would dance, the cake would be cut. We would dance and they'd do the toast or, you know, that sort of thing. Well, then we get there and we ended up... No, Nobody wanted to go into the room where the reception was because it wasn't air-conditioned. So everybody was standing out in the lobby because... It was air-conditioned. <laughs> so they finally end up getting all these people, talking them into actually going into the reception area and everything, and they finally end up getting the reception started. And I don't think we ended up dancing our first dance until, like, 
9.15, maybe even 9.30, and we had prepared to dance 13 songs because we were told we needed to perform 45 minutes. It would be a total of 45 minutes, but it was going to be broken up now. And um, so we, we danced two songs, and then the poor wedding assistant comes by and says okay that that's gonna be it and um they're they're gonna like cut the cake or something now so you girls can can go back to to your waiting area where it was air conditioned thank god and i'll i'll bring you some cold water and everything and we were like oh okay and um then we stood around and we waited and we waited and we waited and finally, 30 minutes later, we were allowed to dance one more song, and that was it. <laughs> we ended up da- only dancing three songs when we had prepared 13. <laughs> we still got paid the entire full price. I mean, that was not negotiable. But um, it just ended up being so crazy. And then from my standpoint... um. Whenever I've danced at parties like this, it's been customary for the dancer to go up and tell the guest of honor, you know, congratulations, happy birthday, happy anniversary, whatever. So, um, myself and the other girl who is dancing with me try to go up and talk to the bride and groom, and they just kind of ignore us. The, the groom just looked at us and then turned and totally walked away, and... I think the only reason why the bride stopped is because I was actually standing in her way. And um, and I said, you know, we just wanted to offer our congratulations and to let you know that um, we'll be leaving a CD of our performance music for you as a keepsake memento. And then she just looked at me and then walked straight past me. And it was it was this look of, why are you talking to me? You're the hired help. And later we found out she's not from the South. And we are. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm hoping that perhaps it was just a combination of cultural differences and stress of a wedding day and heat. Um... However, I I will say that having overheard some of the guests talking in the restroom, I don't think it was any of those things. (laughs) I, I think that perhaps she just is not that pleasant of a person, to put it politely. But that just really shocked me because all the parties that I have ever danced at before, I have had a really hard time leaving because everybody wants to come and talk to the dancer. Everyone wants to tell you what a beautiful job you did, how beautiful you look. They, you know, they want to ask about how you learned. They want to ask if you teach and where you teach and if they can get information about classes and so on and so forth. And at this place, 
I mean, nobody was talking to us. And I, I'm sure it was just because of the heat and the, um, the poor event coordinator was trying to, um, put together a plate of food for us so we could, you know, go back to our, our area and relax and eat and drink water and everything like that. And it was so hot. They had cheesecake and the cheesecake was like melting. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. And the, they had like fruit and these cucumber rolls, which should have been very cooling and very refreshing, but it was all like room temperature because it was so hot. <laughs> and we were like, well, at least thank God they had ice chests full of ice that they had the bottled water in, so it was nice and cold for us. And, um... My husband said we did a rather commendable job for <laughs> such harsh conditions. <laughs> but um, we now have a really good story to tell about performing at a wedding. <laughs> and I have to say, thank God I have enough dancer friends who have danced at other weddings to know that this experience is not at all the norm. And most of the time, dancers at weddings have like a really fun time. So it it hasn't put me off performing at weddings, but I, I think I definitely am going to be a little bit more assertive and proactive with finding out about the personalities who, of who we're performing for and the venue atmosphere and, and just talking to them a little bit more about what they think the bride and groom are expecting. Because... Being in the South, it, it the way I've always interacted at weddings as a performer and a guest, and the way I've always seen other performers interact at weddings too, is you're expected to say congratulations to the bride and groom. Um, but I also realized that Northwest Arkansas is becoming more and more popular, so we're having a lot more people from outside the South moving into this area, and they may not want that kind of interaction with the people that they hire for their weddings. So um, I'm going to have to put that on my list of questions to talk to whenever I'm being hired for weddings from now on, which is something I hadn't thought about before, but maybe you guys need to add that question to your list too. I don't know. <laughs> so... Um, sorry I didn't have a formal article or interview for you guys, but I thought it was important to let you know what's been going on with me and, um, to let you know what I've been thinking about, um, as far as the show goes. Um, if you're interested in being a new staff member, please email me at shimmycast@gmail.com. Um, if you have any opinions or thoughts about the different formats, such as doing, um, just me just recording like reviews and segments and interviews and articles as they're ready to be recorded, record them and then publish them that way. So you get a lot of short content, but a little more rapidly than what I've been doing in the past. Um, let me know how you feel about that. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show this week. 
For now, it's time for the question of the week, which is, how do you psych yourself up and not out before going on stage? Oh, uh, yeah. That's an important one, people. To answer, you can send emails to shimicast at gmail.com or you can post on the forum board. And it's time for the final, the last music pick of the week. This song is Samoon by Mario Afonso III, a.k.a. MA3, from the album Arabesque 2, Fire Dance. And it is provided by Iota Promonet. I hope you all enjoy, and until next time, this is Anala Rabari saying shimmy on.
Thanks again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com and be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.